And welcome to the Metaphysical Podcast. Celestial weapons that could grant the beholder godlike knowledge and power aren't necessarily just myths. They've been documented throughout history. The Emerald Tablets are maybe the most widely discussed relics because their mysteries are fascinating. But before diving into that multifaceted tale, we wanted to go deeper to find accounts of other ancient tablets that nobody seems to be talking about because that's what we do here on Metaphysical. From mysterious finds in the Grand Canyon to curses from Israel, from the heart of Harlem, New York, to the Holy Grail, the stories we found are going to blow your mind. If you want to hear what we found, join remote viewer John Vivanco and me, investigative researcher Rob Counts, for a show that's out of this world. And are you listening to the Metaphysical Podcast or watching us on video platform? If you are, please leave us a five-star rating and review to help us reach even more people. It really, really helps. Make sure you also like and subscribe wherever you're listening. What's up, Rob? John, how are you? Good. What's well, you know, uh, not all these What's... tablets seem to be legit, but we did find yeah. a bunch of them. Well, I mean, you know, the tablet thing is is really weird, actually, in the remote view on the remote viewing side like you'll, you'll probably be shocked as to what people believe versus yeah. what we get in remote viewing yeah and you know yeah. what what i think is so strange is this idea of unearthing something from a previous age but it almost be like finding a piece of paper written by a random person in a library and you're just gonna like believe whatever it says like right you get what i mean like there's that element to it i think we got to get into the Grand Canyon tablet. Well, you know, we talked about the Grand Canyon in one of our last episodes. And, right. um, you know, there, there's a little bit of a story here. And I kind of want to get your feedback on whether or not you even think this thing is legit. So in, in 1909, the Arizona Gazette reported that the Smithsonian archaeologists, they discovered an ancient civilization deep inside a vast Grand Canyon cavern. You know, we talked about this complete with mummies, Egyptian style artifacts, etc. Right. Um, the 1909 article, it, it basically explains that explorations in the Grand Canyon, mysteries of immense rich cavern being brought to light. Um, remarkable find indicates ancient people migrated from the Orient. So that was part of the title of this, um, of this uh, article, right? And so, you know, among the mix, it's reported on some of these blogs that a uh, a tablet was found uh, in in one of these caverns. Um, now, uh, so here's a quote, actually, if if their theories are borne out by the translation of the tablets engraved with hier hieroglyphics, the mystery of the prehistoric peoples of North America, their ancient arts, who they were and whence they came will be solved. Egypt and the Nile and Arizona and the Colorado will be linked by a historical chain running back to ages, which staggers the wildest fancy of the fictionist. That is sort of what makes this compelling. Is Yeah, that, it is. You know, I mean, you know, we, we'd seen that that Kincaid did find what he claimed to have found. I mean, he did. He did find that there were, according to our data, uh, Egyptians in the Grand Canyon. Um, so I would not be surprised that there be tablets because that was their method of um, recording in general. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, now, whether these pictures on the Internet are true or not of these tablets, I highly doubt it. Yeah, we have a picture of this tablet, don't we, Lindsay, that was found on in one of these places. 
to me, this looks like some knucklehead casually like created this. Right. I'm not getting I'm not getting ancient vibes off of this. I'm getting no. like, you know. It's something new, something somebody just made. It's kind of like Gosford glyphs on one side. You have those that are clearly like sharp and fake. Right. The other side, you have stuff that's really worn and they both look Egyptian. So, yeah, it's just a little too obvious. I agree. Yeah, but, you know, or Kincaid. Yeah, he found what he he found, what he claimed to have found. I mean, I know that we saw that with RV. So, right. And and, and what's funny about this particular uh, tablet that we're looking at is people might look at this and then completely discount Kincaid's find or what's actually going on in the Grand Canyon. But you have to ask yourself a question. If the Grand Canyon find was fake, why is that part of the Grand Canyon completely sealed off and secured? And why are the hills, mountains, canyons around there named after Egyptian or uh, Buddhist and, or Buddhist? Right. Yeah. And yeah. and it is claimed that they reportedly found a Buddhist statue in one of these caverns as well. Right. That's one of the claims, too. Yeah. Right. Which is yeah. also fascinating. Like what culture isn't there? Ancient culture. Right. Yeah, like, I know. Exactly. And I think that they they went all the way up into Utah at the very least. Uh, because you do find hieroglyphs that look Egyptian in Utah, like up, up, up into like the Uinta Mountains and areas, yeah. areas over there. So fascinating. Yeah, John Wesley Powell, right? So he was the he was the director of USGS, and then he was um, the first director of the Bureau of Ethnology for the Smithsonian Institution. And he was the one that basically shut down uh, with his Powell doctrine that. It, People could not research or go after uh, stuff that appeared to be older than when Columbus discovered America. And that, that became the decree, right? Um, ridiculous. Yeah, right? It's ridiculous. So he was, the, he was like one of the first white men, supposedly, down the Grand Canyon. You know, went on a massive trip down the river rafting trip down the Grand Canyon. And in his book... Of that journey, there are some people who put quotes on the internet saying that John Wesley Powell, we talked about this in uh, our strange and anomalous experiences of mystery spots in America, right? Last episode. But I couldn't find that statement that he made where they claim he found Egyptian artifacts. I could not find that statement in his book because I got the old original printing. So Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, the internet's just a funny place. People, people really just stretch it there in general. And you can't take anything at face value on the internet, pictures, statements. You just can't do it. Honestly, it's kind of like, I hate to say it as interested as I am in it. It's also the same case with unearthing old, (laughs) old, you know, tablets for, for real. Like we don't know, we just don't know. And that's why I think this show is so interesting is because we can actually get to the bottom of some of this stuff. Right. And we we will. (laughs) Or have a direction at the very least. At least. Right. And, uh, you know, okay, so the, the the Grand Canyon stuff, we've kind of gone over that in a previous uh, episode, but this was really fascinating. There is a, um, allegedly uh, a cursed tablet found in Israel. And what makes this find so fascinating um, isn't just that it's an unearthed 
tablet because there could be many of those, but it it may be the first documented, um, I guess, tablet or uh, or reference to Yahweh. So it was found uh, dates between 1200 and 1400 BC. Of course, who knows whether or not that that time is accurate, right? Um, but it but it has the Hebrew word for God, Yah, like W H. I'm sorry, Y H W H, in the possibly earliest appearance ever found, and it was found on Mount Ebal, I guess it's called. Um, and it was written with a curse inside. So in the in the Bible, you know, Mount Ebal is associated with with curses, actually. So this could also, you know, could come with something evil attached to it. <laughs> well, I mean, what Yahweh from the earlier uh, sects of very, very early, early sects in Christianity and even beforehand was a volcano god, right? Mm. Lived in a volcano, so I'm guessing Ebal was a volcano, right? Well, and and we just don't we don't know. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, right? like the Y H W H could have just been a word for any kind of deity that anyone right. was. It could be right. Could be. We don't know, right. but it's because it goes back so long, right? But one of the more interesting things too is if this dating is correct this might actually prove that the Israelites were literate when they entered the Holy land and able to document biblical events as they happened, which is not really the common idea, you know? Right. Well, I mean, when you get to, um, uh, Gobekli Tepe, that's currently breaking the, the, the mainstream worldview of time yeah. and archeology span at the moment. Um, and once that gets accepted into modern archaeology as being that old, because it was the the Clovis people that is the claim they were nomads in that time period. They were just they weren't building culture, language, structures. But now you have this dated to at least twelve thousand years ago. Go back, go back, Tepe, and and. Nobody can conceive of these people having built something like that because there's an assumption they didn't do it. So, well, you know, it's, it's, like, it's sort of like, it is that why these modern archaeologists are so kind of unwilling to really get in there and talk that about is, it. That is why. Because yeah. if you if you do start talking about Gobekli Tepe, you, you have to acknowledge that there are things there that are built that do that completely blow our current narrative out of the water like it doesn't oh yeah sense anymore yeah absolutely this is this is it's such a fascinating site i mean such a fascinating site and this is breaking it right now but i don't know i mean i had heard other archaeologists state about things like this that they would never go along with it even if it were true because it would it would break a paradigm it would break yeah. a world view i mean and look at that yeah. Look at how exact that is. You you get the feeling from that. These were not schleps that put this together. No, they weren't. <laughs> this is like some, this is serious. There's actually, um, I don't know, I think Lindsay probably brought this up, uh, uh, sent an article to me or you or whatever, where it was talking, it was actually on Forbes.com where, and it actually came from 2017, where 
there are scientists, archaeologists, who believe that the inscriptions at Go Gobekli Tepe are documenting a comet impact, right? So that's fascinating, but I haven't heard that pushed around very much except, you know, for Graham Hancock and on the fringes uh, of mainstream. But I'll tell you, that's exactly what we get when we remote view those. We get that these civilization, the civilization knew that there was some major Something planetary impact coming. So they started to warn others. They started to go underground. So if you get into uh, Darren Kuyu in Turkey as well, Darren Kuyu is like this, oh, I don't know how big it is, but it's just massive amounts of tunnels underground that were built around that time to house 20,000 people mm -hmm. as well as cattle. Um, and that was also, when we remote view that, it was to to move away from this event, to, to hide underground so they wouldn't die in this big catastrophic event that was coming. You know what's strange about that, too, is like, and of course, this is a bit of a wild idea, but what if, what if the Ark wasn't a boat or a ship? What if it was an underground cavern that everything went under and it was able to stay away from the flood? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It could be. Absolutely could be crazy. Yeah. 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 So that's, I mean, Gobekli Tepe, I think that's what it's saying there. Ultimately, I think those archaeologists are correct. You know, um, what's, what's really interesting too, about like all this stuff that's come out, ancient apocalypse on Netflix, um, Graham Hancock's, um, claims, they are so reasonable. <laughs> They're very, very reasonable claims about, Potent about mysteries that could certainly be true. And the way that he is personally attacked for even claiming it is just so silly to me. And the archaeologists are open about rejecting these ideas because it will change the paradigm. So right. how, how are we to trust the narratives that, that our archaeologists are telling us when they're, they're, they're telling us that they're purposely not going exactly. to be honest about what they're finding here right exactly it's, that's I a mean, shame the amount of research funding that they get by sticking to the narrative is 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 a lot more that they're gonna get if they don't <laughs> and yeah you and, know, people you focus know, on feeding their mouth making a family i mean right. and so that's where they're coming from ultimately because they're in self-preservation mode and you know i really enjoy listening to academics speak about things and just you know their their way of describing everything and and using evidence to come to conclusions on things the problem with the academics are that they are judging everything based off of the the current uh, widely accepted evidence that everyone else can see and the things that actually were found that could have made a difference have been swept under the rug because a lot yeah. of these archaeologists are unwilling to put these things forward to yeah, change exactly. the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. It's the human problem with all of this stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to ever going to change. I really don't. I don't see this, this thing changing. This has yeah. been going on for uh, hundreds of thousands years. and thousands, yeah, thousands, thousands of years. Actually, you're right. <clears throat> I mean, who knows what the Egyptians were telling to their people right. about the pyramids that that right. <laughs> like that they found that they stumbled upon in in Egypt, right? It's a uh, it's silly.
So, um, you know, we were just talking about uh, Gobekli Tepe, um, and there was an ancient stone tablet um, right. found in that area, right? So ancient stone tablet reveals ancient cataclysm. We were just talking about this. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Yep. That's that. I thought that was a fascinating article because it lines up with our remote viewing data. That They, they were literally like, like trying to escape this. This was like yeah. the place for people to go in order to escape this. Like it, it was almost like instructional on where you're going to go um, on how to get out of this cataclysm, you know? So yeah, such an amazing site. It's a warning. Yeah. And um, just a little bit more information on it. It confirms that a comet struck the earth around 12,000 or 11,000 BC, leading to global destruction, the extinction of the woolly mammoth and the rise of new civilizations. Skeptics, you know, this is where it's, you know, kind of start to roll your eyes here. But um, skeptics say that no physical impact site has been found to prove that a comet hit the Earth and caused massive destruction. Well, I mean, if it hit the ocean, you're not necessarily going to see an impact. Not necessarily, no. I mean, it, uh, <laughs> what are you going to say? I mean, that just basically shuts down. Right? Yeah, it shuts it down. So you can't talk about it anymore. Until right. they find that site. And, you know, I mean, come on. I just... Yeah. And, um, but, there, you know, there's just like so many different places to pull from. I mean, Plato is basically yeah. says that that the advanced kingdom of Atlantis sank around 9600 B.C. Um, I mean, it could be the same event. It, it, possibly. Yeah, I, who knows? Um, I think I uh, was that 9600. I thought it was around. I'm not sure. Was it 9600? From 9,600 years BC. from his, from his, his point in time, I'm not or was sure. it like, yeah, I think they're estimating like 9,600 was the BC was the year, but, the, but whatever the case, I mean, there is proof that sea levels did rise because the ice, ice sheets melted around right. 12, 11,000 years ago. And they, they actually, that's the younger Dryas. Um, and they went through a couple of those iterations until we get into our modern times. So, so the ocean, I think it was, what was it? 400 feet lower, 400 feet lower at that point in oh, time. Yeah. So there were civilizations and where do people live? They live on the coast, right? So there were civilizations in coastal areas and there were islands in the, in the, uh, totally eaten up. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean that, 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 that is a known. And then the ice sheets melted. And then, of course, there was an Atlantis. Of course, we can we can call it whatever we want. We can call it Timbuktu. We can call it, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what the name of it is. There were many ancient islands and civilizations on those islands. I'll subscribe to Timbuktu. <laughs> Timbuktu. Yeah. Um, well, and also just something to uh, like to make clear, like I whenever time is brought up, like how when when it was, I never necessarily just believe that right away, just because if you do, you're you're nailing yourself down to a like it's a theory. Yeah. You know, e even with carbon dating, carbon dating is not necessarily accurate. And you don't know. We don't know w where this research is coming from. What other research right. has been swept under the rug? It's a slippery slope, this stuff. Yeah, Agreed. you know, um, coming into some more modern stuff, this is actually pretty interesting. Um, in 1902, I guess, so mysterious ruins unearthed in Harlem, a strange tablet was found 
amid broken pillars when they were digging the subway. Hmm. And what's interesting too is, uh, well, okay, I'll get into it. I'll kind of get into this. So workmen digging on a tunnel unearthed large fragments of enormous stone pillars that appeared uh, to form part of an extens- extensive ruin in a part of Manhattan Island where no building is known to have existed. At the same time, they uncovered a mysterious stone slab bearing part of an inscription puzzling many uh, antiquarians. The lettering on the slab, together with what remains of the date, seemed to indicate, according to one scholar who investigated it, that it commemorated in some way the foundation of the United States government in 1789. And you can see inscribed on there PGW. So the PGW, which um, are still legible on the slabs, they're supposed to stand for the initials of President George Washington. Huh. Yeah, and, and the missing figure uh, in the date is regarded as an eight, making the year 1789, the year when Washington was sworn in as president of the newly formed government. So, you know, maybe this doesn't sound that interesting to you. I'm not sure, you know, how how many times you watched uh, Nicolas Cage on right whatever movie that was. Amer- what was that? Like, You'll remember. What is that this movie. like? National Ancient. Treasure. National, National Treasure. Thank you. Um, you know, so the mystery is why why it was dumped there in the rubble of a building pretty unceremoniously, right? So why is there no record of a building ever having stood anywhere near there? Um, Some speculate it could have been a tombstone or a part of a monument, but there's no graveyard or cemetery in that area of the city. So uh, only marble pillars of a building were located there. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea about that one. No idea. I've never even heard of that one. Um, Yeah, it's weird, right? It's like... I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were guidestones, like the Georgia guidestones for uh, that that era. Who knows? Somebody trying to reshape history. Yeah, and I mean, who's to say it's not a bunch of drunk <laughs> New Yorkers? Maybe there were more. I mean, seems like it there be. would be more. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Could, but, but you know, it could have been anyone that chiseled President George Washington into that. We don't yeah. know. <laughs> and what does it mean? Yeah, what There's does it mean? More. I, th- I, th- I mean, these like inscribed pillars are interesting because the Georgia Guidestones were such a weird, bizarre thing Super weird. that it was like, I mean, we know that those are modern, obviously modern, um, and they have to do with, they had to do, they're gone now. Somebody blew them up. They were blown up. They were blown up because yeah. they have to do with the new world order situation, you know? And to me, it's like, you know, these, these, these stone monuments are like weird because you can, sh- sh- at least back then, a long, long time ago, you could shape culture with what was inscribed on these monuments, you know? So I think the Georgia Guidestones were intended to shape culture to a degree, at least the conspiratorial side. It's just so weird. Right? Well, you I mean, get into the Denver airport. I mean, like we yeah. got the murals in the De- Denver airport and you're like, well, heck, that's shaping the conspiracy side of culture as well. It's like right. just playing with people. Just and that's playing. a perfect, perfect example of, let's say there was a cataclysm and these go under the ocean for exactly. thousands of years and someone digs them up and right. there's no way for them to know that some like rich Mason guy exactly. had these made and put up in this site, you right. know, in the middle of the night when no one could see it. Like they just appeared one morning. No one knows that. 
you right. know, like you can't even find that back then. But then they're like, oh, we unearthed these. Look, I know. You know? I know. It's amazing. This is yeah. how they were. This is who they were. Right, uh, right, right. It's like, like, there's a lot that we can tell from this civilization from these. Meanwhile, it's like, you know, there's people like listening to hip hop down the road and like, right. you know, has nothing to do with anything that was going on at the time. And you got to get a bunch of remote viewers to remote view it in order to like figure yeah. out how much time you wasted on it. Right. And then, and then if you're like, you're trying to like, you're trying to gauge something from a, a translate, you know, it's, it's translated into a few different languages over there, right? Like the major languages, you know, even the translations of these languages or how these languages change in the future or what's right. around is a complete mystery. So then you're getting into the translation part of the whole thing. And it's like yeah. they, people will like dig into a certain word that they think means something mystical or magical. And it really was just the word for like a necklace or whatever, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Well, we've got some more interesting ones here though. So, um, so, okay. Everybody's interested in, uh, in, uh, some Indiana Jones stuff. Uh, the, the 10 commandments actually are considered, you know, two tablets that the Ark of the covenant, you know, basically contains these tablets, right. Or, yeah, so they're inside the ark. And um, the word of God is reported to be written on them. Here's uh, Char who's that? Charleston Heston or whatever his name is. <laughs> As Moses. Yeah, um, we're, we're showing a picture of that for y'all on the podcast right now. But OK, so the Ten Commandments were written on these and they were housed in the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the covenant is speculated to be located in many places, um, Ethiopia, Israel, um, you know, ancient, I mean, basically was lost in ancient Babylon. Right. So could have been hidden somewhere by the, by the Nazis. Uh, we, we did a, a gosh, man, we did a very thorough, um, uh, series on this on rise.tv called the relics of power where we go into Hitler's mad pursuit for relics that could give him the power to bring in his third Reich. And um, the, the, the Ark of the covenant mystery goes, goes deep. It's a very interesting one. Um, you know, the, we'll get into this in a little bit, but the Ark of the covenant was said to have similar powers to the spear of destiny in a way where if you mm -hmm. can, if you, if you, you know, had possession of the Ark, you would be um, victorious in battle. It, and right. this is this is why Hitler was was looking for these relics, as he believed the person who who was, you know, in ownership of these would give him power to uh, do great things. Yeah, we talked. Didn't we talk about? We talked about the Ark of the Covenant before, didn't we? Yeah, we did a little bit. Yep. That was that whole thing because we were looking at, we, I mean, one thing that remote viewers task each other on is the Ark of the Covenant. Like it gets tasked over and over and over again, over and over again. And it's been like that since, you know, remote viewing was declassified. Um, and for the longest time, I got to say that the Ark was sort of in this dusty cave-ish like area. And there was sort of these it was always like remote viewers would encounter this paraphysical being uh, when they would go remote view the arc. And it was like the being was guarding it. 
in a sense. It's like there was some like great ish, powerful ish being that was around it, right? I like mean, the man are, in the black hat kind of thing, or uh, no, no, it was good. Oh. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't evil or or bad or whatever. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like this this presence. Like people would always draw big eyes, just like these big eyes watching you as you're remote viewing it, and they get this sense uh, that they're being watched here. So. So we're, we view this stuff a lot. So I had a friend who, who moved to Israel and he got with some other people and they were searching for the Ark of the Covenant. And he was like, I think we may have found the location where it is. And can you remote view where it currently is and see if that lines up with what we've got? So, you know, we remote view it and all of a sudden all the data is different from the past. It's literally like in control of military, like literally in control of military. You mean like, military is in control of it? Well, you, well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Military is in control of it. All this stuff around it, all these vehicles, uh, uh, very um, uh, author authoritarian official people all around it and being hidden away. And I told him and like, uh, it's, it's not like that anymore. It seems to have been found, right? He didn't believe me. I mean, he didn't believe me. And why don't why ask me to do it if Yeah. <laughs> he wanted it to be something else. But I thought that was very strange. Very Well, weird. and he Just could have been right. Like, he could have been right at a certain time it was where he, he probably was tracked right. it down and then it got right. moved again, right? Right. Yeah. And you know, what's weird about the Ark of the Covenant is the story that they told in Indiana Jones and the Lost Ark is very accurate. Yeah, that it, it is said that if if the Ark is opened and you and you're not worthy and you look at the Word of God, that you will you basically exactly what it said that you'll basically fry to death. Right, and there is something absolutely paraphysical about this. Like it's not just sort of like an advanced technology. There's something spiritual, paraphysical, paranormal about it on top of all that. So I don't know. It's a very, very strange thing. Very strange thing. It is. And the history is very strange. How far it goes back. The fact that I think it was Solomon that had it for a, for a time. Um, and you know, this, uh, now, of course, like these stories, I think, get made up to some extent, but it would be interesting. You know, there is the, the rock of destiny, I think it's called. Uh, that is the the stone in which the king or the queen of England gets um, what is it when they're when they're uh, brought in as king they they get kind of blessed on right and um, the, the stone, stone what's it called what what's it called it's the their coronation stone the stone coronation oh, yeah. yes. The coronation stone they it's said to be you know it basically it's it's from from scotland and uh this is the stone that all the kings were always um right that thing yeah yeah, yeah. yes and uh and so every time a uh, you new know, king or queen is um what's the word i'm looking for here is killing me coronated coronated thank you i don't know why <laughs> with that word but um Every time they're coronated, it's on the stone. So they're bringing the stone in from Scotland. They're coronating on the stone. And this stone is said to have housed the Ark of the Covenant. And you can see the outline right. of the Ark on that, right? 
Right. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. There was a time too when uh, it was thought that it was in the Lalibela Africa churches as well. In fact, there's a church they, they make the the most amazing churches, Lalibela Africa, where really? there's one that's cut literally. Okay, so the ground's flat, and they cut it down into the ground and built a church underground. And it was said that I don't know if it was in that one. I think it. It, it moved throughout the churches there, but in it was in, supposedly in some of those churches in Lalibela, Africa. Is that Northern uh, Africa? I'm not 100% sure which part that's of Africa. Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Ah, there that. you go. So, it's, so that's literally cut straight out of the rock. Um, and they still claim today that it exists in one of the churches there. But, you know, we had been on the path of trying to figure out where it was, and it's not in those churches anymore. But I, I'm guessing it probably was. Those churches are epic. That's definitely a bucket list place for me. Absolutely. Look at that. Thing. Look at that. Incredible. It is. Beautiful. That's so cool. It's like, uh, yeah, that is, I always think that the, the, sort of carving and mining out of rock is like such an interesting art i mean look at this like they had to like relief cut it down right you can't make I a mean, mistake man no you can't how do you fix a mistake you can't it's no. like you're it's either perfect or it's not and yeah. it's like yeah. yeah it's incredible reminds me i know this sounds weird right but it's like um it kind of reminds me so uh, i painted a lot in the past. I think you have too. Um, obviously it's like really, you know, any kind of relief or, or, or sculpture. But when I think of, when I look at that, it reminds me of watercolor because watercolor, you have to like reverse engineer your whites right. and you, you can't, it's like, it, it's very different from oil painting where you can kind of like, you just build it up here. Right. It's like what you don't paint is what's so important. Right. And it just reminds me of that for some reason. Negative space. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the um so I guess like the guardian of the church in that church we were just looking at, the guardian of the church is is still is the only one allowed to look at whatever ark is inside in Ethiopia. Um oh well not that church particularly, sorry. The one where they say the ark is, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Um yeah, so uh, we've got also, and this is this is kind of kind of along the same lines is this Holy Grail tablet. Um, now the Holy Grail tablet, so the Holy Chalice was only one Holy Grail, according to um, the SS officer Otto Rahn, because you know again Hitler was looking for all of this stuff back in the day, right? So the other was a stone tablet inscribed with runes written by ancient German supermen, you know, this Aryan thing, who attained the ultimate knowledge of the law of life. That's so this, funny. This That's was funny. there. I mean, yeah. Uh, what was the uh, Admiral Byrd's diary? You remember Admiral Byrd's diary, that whole thing? And um, it supposedly came from this guy in the 1970s. It was leaked or something like that um and it, and it basically had admiral bird going to the center of the earth and and meeting with these super aryans right and they had flying saucers with nazi symbols on them and and so we remote viewed that you know people mm -hmm. are always talking about this whole admiral bird thing so we remote viewed that and it literally it was just propaganda 
it, it, it was like modern propaganda of somebody who loved the Nazis that created this thing that, hey, Admiral Byrd did go here and met with super Nazis who live in the middle of the earth. It was literally just a made up story because somebody loved the Nazis. Really. You know, I'm all about cool stories and mysteries and stuff, but human so beings, much stuff is nonsense. Yeah. Human beings really can muck stuff up, can't they? <laughs> yeah. So much stuff is nonsense. And, and, you know, people talk about the Admiral Byrd diaries as if they are a real absolute thing. They get upset but with you when you tell them it's not. They do. They yeah. do get upset. I mean, look, I want it to be a real thing, but it's not like we've remote viewed the heck out of it. It's just not. You know, I mean, I would I would love to have more mysteries that are real than running across fake stuff all the time. But then, you know, here's the other thing. <laughs> we come across stuff and I start talking about this and I sound like I'm bat crazy, insane. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's not it's not something you bring up, you know, at dinner with your with your family. Oh, I do. I ruined Thanksgiving <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. Put a glass of wine in me and like everybody's running from the <laughs> table it. by the end of the evening. I know. I'm kind of the same. It's Uncle John again. <laughs> Crazy Uncle John. Oh, yeah. So anyway, back to this SS officer, this Ron guy, you know, he he thought the Grail was located in the Cathar stronghold of, um, excuse me for brutal brutalizing this, but Mont Montsegur in France. And he was sent to the region to explore the area's ruins and find occult knowledge, but reportedly turned up nothing. Now, this is what's interesting. He was later found frozen on a mountainside, and it was ruled suicide. Oh, that's weird. Okay, so yeah. So did here's the here's the kicker. Did he find something that needed to be covered up or anger his Nazi bosses over not finding anything? Wow. Um, so, so the yeah. bigger story of this is actually in that that Relics of Power series that I was telling you about. But what I think is so interesting is calling this suicide. Okay, I can see him going to look for the Grail somewhere, and he's on a mountainside, and he accidentally freezes to death because, like, on his journey. But the fact that they're calling that suicide—that's a little bit strange. Yeah, very I mean, weird. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. I mean, who commits suicide by climbing to the top of the mountain and freezing to death? I don't know. <laughs> no one. Yeah, no one. Yeah. It's not suicide. It's dying of natural causes from cold, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huh. I thought okay. they were handing out cyanide pills like crazy and not. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So we've got At least a... every movie. It has them. So what's that? Say that again. At least every movie, like, you know, you yeah. watch the movies like uh, they break off the, the, the cyanide the tooth. tooth and chew it. Yeah. I got one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? That's the, right. that's, the that's the cool thing to do. All so there's right. a couple of others that we'll, we'll get through um, really quick before in the second episode, we talk about the Emerald tablets and that is a gigantic subject. So we'll be having an entire episode just on that, but we've got a couple more, which are one, uh, the Gilgamesh tablets. So this is the basically the interesting thing about this tablet is uh, what I can tell you. It was in the British Museum, this tablet for a while. No one really knew what it meant until I can't remember his name. A guy came along, taught himself how to read um, ancient Sumerian. I think that's what this is. And he realized that this story was basically talking about the epic of Gilgamesh 
Is that are you talking about Anton Parks? Anton I'm, Parks. I'm not sure. I know he's Anton. he's like a modern he's French and he's a modern person who taught himself how to read these tablets. Are you talking it may about be. Him? It may okay. be. But he's anyway, got some great info. Yeah. Yeah. So so this was back this whatever I'm talking about was a little bit back in the day though. It wasn't recent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But um you know, he he was kind of obsessed with figuring out what this this found tablet said, and it was this story of Gilgamesh, and 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 it basically right. references a massive flood in those tablets, and and what's crazy about that, of course, is that this seems to coincide with the idea of this flood that, you know, this biblical flood that happened. Um, uh huh you know, right back in the day as well. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to understand, it's like you have a major, major earth event happening and they're going to record it in stone before and after it's mm. going to, they're going to be the guide stones of the time. Right. You know? Yeah. But right. people back then knew how to read them. People now don't know how to read them. So, because, you know, I mean, that gets, it just gets lost, gets lost in history. But when you get to these Sumerian tablets it's just we've remote viewed a lot of those things and understand a lot of aspects of what things are in those tablets mm. a lot of things yeah and um i think these anunnaki or babylonian tablets sumerian tablets whatever they're these are even more interesting i think than the yeah. epic of gilgamesh because i think so too yeah you're you're talking about um star catalogs right basically. right it, I mean, we have taken some of these, like, for instance, you know, that little bag. So when you have the Anunnaki type tablets and, and they're carrying the little bag. The yeah, little the bag in, in the, the statues, they always have a bag, right? Right, right. So we remote viewed specifically, you know what, because we can take each section and remote view. What does this mean? What does that mean? By the author. What that bag means, that bag means it carries the seeds of civilization, culture, and people, mankind. So whenever you see that bag, it means that this person, this being, was one that seeded this planet with civilization, culture, and mankind. Hmm. That's exactly what it means. Well, so you know, That's interesting because that actually lines up exactly with what I've got here, which is that, that this Orion, it's, it's so... The, the star catalogs describe Orion as both a constellation and a being. Yeah. And it's the chief god of heavenly realms depicted as a bird head and a human body. So the bird head, the human body, seeding whatever it is here on Earth, the culture, whatever it is, you know, that lines up with that statue we were just looking at in the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And these, <clears throat> when we remote view these, these beings that are in the tablets, we never get anything like them being a, uh, a, co a concept or a metaphor. We get them as being actual real individuals that are different from humans, right. that are much bigger from a different, different place, another realm that have to do with the engineering of mankind, humankind. So, so <clears throat> a lot of the, the interpretations that people have on these as being just a cultural mythological thing is not what it is. These well, are these, these are describing real events and, and, and you always see this tree of life too. You know, that tree of life that they're showing yeah. there. Same thing, because this is the representation. Like he's, 
this being is creating the culture and the DNA for humankind right there. He's got the bag and he's creating it. It's allowing it to grow. Well, and what's so interesting about that, if you go back to that last image, Lindsay, is like, you know, in one of our previous episodes that just um, actually just recently published, we were talking about how one of these Wanchu citizens, these Anunnaki guys, they, right. they went to visit the Chinchi Huang emperor. And when he when he talked to them about the beginning of, of human beings, they he, it was it was noted that they reacted in a way as if they saw that happen. Right. They, they actually remember it. Right. I remember that. Yeah, that was some fascinating stuff. And that's like we're talking about the whole Chinese culture. We don't know, like, like ultimately what's in there and how this yeah. relates to these types of tablets. But I'm, I'm sure there's stuff because every single culture has some aspect of the same stuff that you find in these tablets. So Chinese are going to have them as well. And there's the tree of life. I mean, the, the, the tablet of destiny. Is that the tablet of destiny? Um, this is just an Anunnaki stock photo that I found, but it has the tree <laughs> of life there. There you go. Well, yeah, it's the same thing, right? They got the bags. They're creating the lineage of humankind. That's what they're doing. It's a stock tablet of destiny, John. <laughs> it is. It's a <laughs> stock tablet is. of destiny. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, well, it, these are these are amazing to remote view. Yeah, and so just to kind of cover this for you guys who are curious, so um, the, the these... So the and Enuma Eilish, I guess it's called, is the Babylonian creation story, and that's written on seven tablets. The creation is on the first six tablets, and then the creation and creator are exalted on the seventh. And it involves a conflict between the parents, God Aspu and Goddess Tiamat, and their children. So the god Marduk defeats mother Tiamat to become the supreme god then creates the world and humans of course this is this story some believe this is an updated uh, version of an older Sumerian story and the events uh, and beings changed so um, interesting stuff and I'll just kind of end with a couple of interesting things that I found uh, when researching some of this ancient Sumerian stuff in New York City JP Morgan has a museum from his old mansion, which contains an enormous collection of Anunnaki scrolls, or sorry, Sumerian, uh, Babylonian, I don't necessarily want to call him Anunnaki, but they're like ancient Sumerian scrolls and uh, figures and art from a very ancient time. And um, it is fascinating that he has such a large collection in that he was so interested in this. And, you know, some of these scrolls, they 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 actually chisel them into a circular mm, yeah. object. Sorry, a, 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 a not cylindrical cylinder. object. It's a, yeah. called a cylinder. And so yeah. you, you turn it and read it, and when you're finished, you could actually read it over again and keep going. And that's yeah. how they communicated a lot of this stuff on, on there. And there was an, an there's just an enormous collection. And part of me when I was there was wondering what in the world. Now, this is this is cylindrical, if you're wondering, you guys at home. So what in the world was J.P. Morgan doing with such a 
massive collection? Like, what did he know? Well, it's history. This is the thing. Like, like these are historical accounts. Like, th th this is the newspaper of the time, you know? Yeah. So uh, if I was wealthy like this man, I would be doing the same. I would be doing the same thing to understand what the history was because that's what he was doing. Hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. I also think like some of JP Morgan's I think he I, I think he knew more than we're aware of, especially after his quote of, you know, um, millionaires don't believe in astrology, billionaires right. do. Yeah. So yeah. he he was into something. He knew something, right? It almost yeah. doesn't even look like like how, is that even a real face? Like it looks like that's a prosthetic nose. Looks like he's been. He looks like he was a boxer, actually. Maybe he was actually. Yeah, looks like he was a boxer. He's got Could've a bad been. vibe, and his nose is just smashed up, or an alcoholic. Yeah. Although, yeah, that. I don't think he would be as um, prolific of a businessman if he was always drunk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Function high functioning alcoholics. That was the <laughs> name of the game back then. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, um, that is going to be the end of our first episode on tablets. Hope you enjoyed this episode. In the next part, we are going to get into what you've probably all been waiting for, which is the subject and the rabbit hole of the Emerald Tablets. What's really going on with the Emerald Tablets? Who is this character named Toth? Hermes Trismegistus. Who are these guys? And is there any truth to these tablets and and the famed emerald that it was chiseled on, which is a whole you could probably do an episode just on that. That's how weird that is. But uh, stay tuned for that, you guys. And John, thanks so much for being with us. Hope you all at home thought this was as out of the world as out of this world as we did.